0: Hello, welcome to chance time, a generic video game podcast hosted by myself, Ryan Speakman, and of course, we also have Curtis Lowe with us. Hi. And we also
1: call you out about keyboards, but yeah.
0: (laughs) And we also have Paul Bills.
2: Hello, it's me, Paul Bills. So I'm trying to play by the rules. So your internet isn't mean to you.
0: Yeah. This is the second attempt at recording this luckily. We only got two minutes into the episode, where it wasn't a huge loss, but uh, I'll just say it right now. Curtis called me out on not responding to his link about <laughs> mechanical keyboards, and Paul Bills aggressively used the soundboard right at the beginning, but he decided not <laughs> to this time.
2: I'll find a time. Don't worry.
0: How are you guys doing today? So Good. Paul, you you mentioned to me that you were the highest point of Utah at some point this week.
2: I was. I did that. So last week, I went on the hike to Kings Peak, which is the highest point in Utah. And the whole time I was doing the final ascent, I was like, when I get to the top, I wonder if I can ask everyone to sit down <laughs> so that so that I can be the highest point in Utah. <laughs> but it's a really hard hike. So, like, when I got to the top, there was, like, 30 people up there, and I did not have to ask anyone to sit down. Everyone was, like, laying down, just, like, huffing and puffing. So I was able to just kind of step on the very tip-top and kind of stand there for a second. I looked around made sure that no one was taller than me, and I was like, I did it. I'm the highest point in Utah. And (laughs) and then I sat down (laughs) because I was tired. (laughs) But I did it. That's awesome. So that's a goal I never had, but have now achieved.
0: Very beautiful. Curtis, what did you achieve this week?
1: Oh, um, (laughs) (laughs) nothing like that. Nothing can quite measure up to that. I have not been able able to reach such heights. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs)
0: Uh, thank you, Santa.
1: Um... (laughs)
0: We, we, not we, I have a request for listeners. My achievement this week was setting up a new microphone, but I did not change any of the other settings. I just kind of plugged it in and said, hey, computer, this is new microphone. And so to all of our listeners, let us know if this sounds better, worse. I'm hoping it kind of equalizes the audio a little bit better. Um... So I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't know if you guys will be able to tell anything different. But maybe the listeners will.
2: Yeah, let us know.
0: Well, this is probably going to be a short episode, honestly, the more I think about it.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, you, you've you cursed it now. Get ready for three hours.
0: That's true. I reserve the right to... Uh, To make my things as long as possible But this is sort of just a catch-up episode Uh, We've got a few things we want to talk about So it's an extended Mike Struckerberg's One Thing Normally it's a segment where it's just one thing That we talk about But we each have about three or four things Maybe only two things for some of us But maybe those will be extended to three For that specific person (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but we'll see only time will tell oh um i guess i'll start why not okay yeah do it i gotta talk to you guys about a little game called pikmin 4 the game that keeps on giving oh i thought i would be done with this game pretty quickly and it has way more content than I could have possibly imagined. And my my reference point for this is Pikmin 3, where Pikmin 3, I, like, I zoomed through. And Pikmin 3 has the advantage in terms of multiplayer, where Pikmin 3 has full co-op. And they got rid of that in Pikmin 4 for some reason. They did the classic co-op where you're like, Player two throws pebbles, but they're really not doing anything else. But, and I was kind of like, maybe Pikmin 3 is like the better game, but Pikmin 4 has pulled a Mario on me, where the classic Mario move is you get to Bowser's castle and you're like, I am the king of Mario. This is a children's game. A full grown adult like me can do these things with, with my eyes closed. I am the master of Mario. <laughs> and then you decide to go back for all the stuff you missed, and it's a little more challenging. And then you do all the bonus stuff, and you're like, okay, this is not as easy as I thought it was, and this is actually going to take me a while to practice.
2: Didn't Kirby do this to you too?
0: Yes, Kirby did. Kirby in the Forgotten Land specifically.
2: Yeah, that's what I meant, yeah.
0: And I personally love this sort of gameplay thing because while I feel like the master of Mario, it's like pure joy the entire time. And so Pikmin four was no exception. We're just like, I'm having a great time throwing my guys, making them carry stuff. And I beat the main story mode, which seemed to end a little too soon. Uh, and it didn't really even really seem like an ending. Like, it was just like they put credits at a part of the game. But there was like <laughs> clearly so much more I could do at that
2: point. Man, and I kind of felt like that's also a Nintendo classic. That, that is my, true. <laughs> my favorite is Animal Crossing, where it's just like, uh, yep, credits now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then they're like, okay, like, you're going back, there's more to do. And then there's, like, a full-on other story. Like, it, it seems more like after the credits, it's, like, part two of the game.
2: Pikmin 5.
0: Exactly. Pikmin 5 within Pikmin <laughs> 4. And then all of a sudden, they're throwing, like, other things at me. Like, the more I progress in this part two, they're like, hey, by the way, you can, like, do these, like, Olimar missions where you flash back to Olimar and it it like goes back to the classic Pikmin 1 game where you only have 30 days to like do everything, but they like shorten it so it's 15 days. And then there's like, that's like a whole separate like long time trial mode. That's really cool. And then when you do that, you unlock like a set of like challenges that help you unlock more things. And I just finished all of the challenges today they were really hard like I really had to like manage each Pikmin and like some some of the levels you would like go through the level as you would expect in a linear fashion and then realize going in this the way that it seems like it's telling you to go in it is not going to give me enough time to finish this and so you have to start thinking in like a lot different ways than what you are used to and just kind of like the casual go to a level and casually progress through the story. And I don't know, it's just really well designed and like, it is like really satisfying towards the end of the game to kind of like show like, Oh, you do like, there is like a more, uh, thought provoking gameplay experience in here. And it just keeps getting better and better. And, like, I, I feel like now I'm really closing in on the very end of the game. Like, I've done kind of the harder parts, and I I never finished the, like, the second part of the story. Um, but I, I think I looked into it a little bit to see, like, how much more I might have, and... It seems like once you finish that next part of the story, there's still even more like challenges you can do that open up. And so with all that being said, I think Pikmin 4 is the best Pikmin game. And I think if you want to try a Pikmin game, this one is going to give you your bang for your buck. And it might seem easy at first, but it, it ramps up. I also have to mention this one boss that killed almost all of my Pikmin and it made me really mad. <laughs> and it was just I I was not expecting to like lose everything in that moment. And then I couldn't finish the thing I was doing and I had to like go back, get more Pikmin, and then go back to that area and get everything taken care of. But it was a fun moment as well, because I was like, this makes me mad, but it's also funny because they set it up for me to fail. (laughs) But anyways, I just wanted to talk more about Pikmin. I talked about it last episode. And it's continued to surprise me more and more.
2: I, like, when you talk about this pattern, I am starting to wonder if that is, like, a Nintendo, like, philosophy. Like, if they kind of preach that. They're like, you gotta have, like, the kid ending, and then the adult ending, and then mm. the completionist ending. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like it seems like all their games are doing that now. That I wonder if it is like a we've discovered that this is successful, and so they kind of like teach that or like hold to that standard inside their own studios. I have no idea, but yeah, it's it seems like enough of a pattern that it's like this can't be by accident that everybody is making
0: their games this way. Yeah, Splatoon did that too in the single-player mode. Um, I The only exception I would think of is Zelda. But yeah. even <clears throat> Breath of the Wild, like the DLC was the master mode. Right. Or it was like, take everything you learned. But I, I feel like there was uh, the difficulty is there at the beginning in a way where it does right. seem a little less kid-friendly but kids would also love it too i don't really know but it is a satisfying gameplay loop honestly of just like just like just going through everything with pure delight and like pure fun but it's not like difficult And then like you can really maximize it by doing more difficult things later. But sometimes it's boring too. Sometimes you're like, I just (laughs) want to get to the like the end parts that are really fun. Yeah, because they're challenging. Yeah. So it's hard to say. But yeah, pigment four. All right. Um, Curtis, let's have you go next.
1: Great. All right, I'm just finishing eating this tootsie roll.
0: Oh, uh, so Paul! <laughs> Paul, you go next.
1: <laughs> oh, it's done. It's gone. I just all swallowed right, it. All right, all right. You, you can go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I won't start another one. it okay. gotta gotta have the tootsie roll drop. Yeah, classic.
1: Half
0: of, half of our listeners just turned the podcast off. Come <laughs>
1: back! I was just going to mention it one time.
2: Um, and the other half are throwing money at their device right now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Tootsie Rolls. Do
1: do? Yeah, Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. Support our Patreon so I can buy more Tootsie Rolls. They're covered um, in
0: brown Tootsie Roll goo.
1: <laughs> goo? Why is it like melted?
0: It's because it's, it's like the, the drizzle coming from them chewing it.
2: So just drool? <laughs> yeah. I guess That's drizzle the only is way the you... wrong...
0: Word to use.
2: It's the only way to eat Tootsie Rolls with, <laughs> with the drizzle. <laughs> it's so gross. Um,
1: anyway, um, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy 16 and I have a lot of thoughts about it. So, first off, the combat is easily the best part of the game, which is good because it's like the game, right? Um, it is very, 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 very light on any RPG-type things. All it really is is you you get more abilities throughout the game, and you kind of customize how Clive, who's the main character, how Clive fights just through the abilities you choose. You can only have, um, let's see, six abilities max of, like, the iconic abilities is what they call them. The icons are the big monster, like kaiju-type monsters that are the summons from past games. Um, mm. Yeah, so you only have six of those. Um, and they also each have their own special ability that's just mapped to Circle that does different things. Um, yeah. So really, that's like the whole RPG is just deciding which abilities you like the most, building your play style around that, and then upgrading those so they're a little more powerful. That's all the really
0: and and what do they do like what are some of the Um, examples of these icons there's some really
1: good there's a really good variety honestly at first you just start with one that is just a big attack that can knock small enemies up into the air so you can jump up after them and attack them which is a little pointless i thought which is one thing about the combat is like the smaller enemies are just such pushovers so a lot of the fights were just a bunch of the small ones at first, like at the beginning of the game, there's fun enough because you know it takes a minute to get them down. But like once you have, once I had like four abilities, big abilities to use, those fights were over in like ten seconds tops. To the point where they didn't even get a chance to even attack me because I'd have one where it's essentially like a shoulder tackle, but he is like lit on fire, and then he just tack just goes forward. But I figured realized that if you do it to one guy, you can steer it. So then if you do it just right, you can essentially group all the little enemies together. And then once the ability ends, they're almost dead. And then I had another one where he gets Phoenix swings and does a big circle with them. So if you do that right after the little shoulder tackle thing, it just wipes him out. <laughs> you know, like the fight would be over so fast. So the small <laughs> guys end up being just really kind of not pointless. That's not the right idea. And it's kind of nice to be able to try different abilities in a you know combat scenario that's not such high stakes, but sometimes it's really funny. I had one cutscene where these guys attacked me, and they're all like, "Oh, what are you doing here?" And then they have this whole back and forth about how they're going to kill you and stuff. And you guys are like, "Oh, bring it on, whatever." You know, there's like they're like trash talking, but like it's so funny to me because Clive at this point is just so powerful. Compared to some random dude that wants to fight you, like you can tackle people with flames, you can use wind claws that bring them up into the air and then smack them around and then bring them down with your f- sword on fire and then hit them and it bursts into big flames. <laughs> so I was like why would anyone <laughs> want to fight this dude? I feel like Lord has to get around about this guy who's just doing these incredible things. Um, yeah, so they fight you, and it was one of the fights where it was over in like ten seconds, and then I was like, oh wait it was a misunderstanding he's actually a good guys and then some guy talks to you and is like well at least we like resolved the situation before it got out of hand come with me and then you start following him and then all the guys he just fought and i just like did ridiculous things to them they're like oh and i'll start standing up again and it was just really funny <laughs> it's the cut scene it's the combat to that cut scene it was just a funny sequence in my mind um what was i saying before that sounds about par for the course and
2: JRPGs though. Yeah, it's.
1: (laughs) I'm I haven't died once in this game so far. It's not a bad thing, you know. Like it's still like the bigger fights are just so much fun. The boss fights are incredible. Um, once you get into a certain spot in the game, you get a hunt board, and those are a lot of fun. They're just like, oh, there's this big monster. They're around this area. This is what it's been doing, kind of a thing. So then you have to go find it in the map. It doesn't tell you exactly where it is. Just gives you some. Direction and you got to go find it. And those songs were a lot of fun too. Those are good fights. So there's plenty of good fights to go around once you get going. But yeah, some of those small fights are just so fast and just over really fast. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of cool abilities. Um, there's like purely offensive ones. There's like single target ones that just do big damage there. Um, I mentioned the one where you it sweeps up. Small enemies up with you into the air. There's one that he like does a step back and then hits them with a the big claw. But you can use that one to dodge. So if they attack you and you dodge it, it does more damage. Um, so there's a few abilities like that. It's just there's a really good variety. So it's a lot of fun to figure out what works best for you and get a good variety um, on your loadout and whatnot, so you can handle a lot of different things instead of just going strictly for damage, you know. And it's even getting to the point now where there's a lot of accessories that are really interesting. I just got one recently, because before I expected them to be just like, oh, this is, helps your attack power, this is your defense one. I'm like, oh great, more stats, that's fine. Um, but I got one where when you successfully dodge an attack, um, I forget the phrase it uses when you do that, but um, when you successfully dodge right at the last moment, it allows you to do a big counter, like bigger counterattack and does a little more damage. But if you have this accessory on, it improves those attacks for a short time to the point where he just goes, like, he starts swinging a sword so fast, and it's also on fire, which is not what I expected. I just expected the numbers to be bigger. But turns out his whole sword's on fire, and it's fun. Um, Yeah, so the combat is just top-notch. It really is. I really like it. Um, And it's a good progress of, like, it, it adds things at a good pace to where... You get a grip on four, like two abilities, and like, oh, this is a lot of fun. You can do a lot of cool things with it. And then you get another two, like three more abilities to choose from. And then you get four to use at the same time in combat. And then you play with those for a while and get a good grip on those and some other moves you get. And then you get six. And then it just kind of grows from there, right? Six is the max you can have at a time, which is good because it's already like trying to juggle a third set is a little much, but now I'm starting to get the hang of it and it's a lot of fun. So really the combat is just top notch and I'm not sad that it's not turn based. <clears throat> I'm perfectly fine with it being this big action game and cause it's a lot of fun. So what it's doing, it's doing really well. Awesome. Um, the uh, story. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Do you have a question? Well, I'll take questions.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, this seems like more of an end of thought question. But I guess I'll just ask it now. Do you mm-hmm. think I should, if I were to play a Final Fantasy, would you recommend this or Final Fantasy VII Remake?
1: Mm. It depends on, in terms of gameplay, it depends on how much, what kind of gameplay you want. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake had a lot more RPG elements in it to where, um, like certain weapons. There wasn't like this weapon is just straight up better than this weapon, you know? That's how it is in this one. And sometimes it's kind of sad where, like, I'll get this really cool sword. There's one that's called the Flame Tongue, and it's really cool looking, and it fits the whole vibe of Clive and everything. I'm like, this is rad. This is a sword I want to <laughs> use, like, the rest of the game. And then I do the next story mission, and then I just get a sword that's just better. There's no trade off or anything. Mm. <laughs> it's just the numbers are higher. So I'm like, fine, I guess I'll use this one kind of a thing. Whereas in. Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, all the swords that, or really all the weapons in the game, all have trade-offs. It's like one does more damage, just straight up. The other one does a little less damage, but the defense is better, or something like that. Or like, they'll have pros and cons. One of them will amplify your magic attacks and give you more materia slots so you can do more magic things, you know. So there's a lot of stuff like that, and you can upgrade them to get their special abilities and use them on different weapons. There's a lot of cool stuff they're doing there. And also, the you can fight and you can pilot different characters in that one. <clears throat> so you don't play just as Cloud the whole time. You can play as Tifa and Barrett. Um, so just those three? Oh, and Aerith. Um, so it adds a good variety that way, too. So it. it's a little more, it's still like an action RPG, but it's much more of an RPG, whereas this one's just really an action game.
0: What do you like uh, better?
1: It's a good question. I don't know. Because they're different enough that I it's hard to compare them, honestly. Yeah. And it's also hard where I have, like, a soft spot for the original Final Fantasy VII. So it's exciting when stuff like Sephiroth showing up and stuff happens in the remake. And some of the things they do with the story in that Mm -hmm. one is really exciting because of what they did in the original Mm -hmm. one the differences and stuff, you know, like the ending of that is a really exciting if you know how the original Final Fantasy VII went. So, mm. yeah, that's hard to say, honestly. I don't really know which one I'd like more. I'm more excited for the remake, or Final Fantasy VII remake, than I was for this one, though. Is that, if that counts for anything, I was more hyped for that than this.
0: Yeah, I think that counts.
1: I was interested in this one, but I wasn't really necessarily out to buy it. And then I ended yeah. up with it, and I'm having a lot of fun.
0: I think for me, because I because this has nothing to do with any previous Final Fantasies, this one actually seems more enticing to me.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: But at the same time, I feel like I'm missing out on like classic Final Fantasy elements. And so am I really experiencing mm-hmm. Final Fantasy technically, maybe? I don't know.
1: Here's the thing, though. Final Fantasy, like there's... A final fantasy vibe maybe but like none of the final fantasies is really the same the first yeah that makes sense i don't know like there's a lot of them going up like i guess like the first half of them were similar but even still they're all turn based but they changed so many different mechanics like one was just these were your characters and this was your party and they all did their thing whereas another one was like here's your party you can all assign them you can assign them all different jobs so then suddenly your party can be all kinds of different things, you know, like they do so many different things. And then once you get up to like Final Fantasy 12, there's just no more random encounters. It's not a turn-based thing. That's the one with the gambit system, so you can set up, oh, if this happens, do this kind of thing. So it's like, oh, this enemy's flying, so don't attack with your sword because you'll miss it. So instead, enemy is flying, cast fire, and then you can hit it with fire, like it does all that kind of stuff. So you can just set up a whole system and if you do it well. You can just watch the fights happen, and it's just all about, like, getting the perfect build for your party, and then you keep going from there, and just, it always changes, you know? So there's not, like, a this is Final Fantasy kind of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, like, Final Fantasy VII is kind of a weird one, honestly, because it's, like, like, there's cars and, like, helicopters and stuff, you know, like... You're fighting dudes with g- guns and it's not like a medieval fantasy setting at all.
0: Yeah. And same with fifteen, where it was like I was
1: gonna yeah. say it was in fifteen the same way. Yeah. You're like on a road trip with your boys. Yeah. I didn't play that one, but but then I at the same time, it, like there's the same like <laughs> monsters, you know. There's always the big orange like flaming bombs. There's moogles, there's chocobos, like there's there's models? like those things that are always pretty consistent. <laughs> What'd you say? So there's Muggles? Moogles! Not Muggles.
0: Muggles, Mudbloods,
1: bloods, <laughs> Moogles, you know. Yeah. So, it depends on the what kind of setting you like, too. With Final Fantasy VII, it's the more the technological uh, cyberpunk's not the right word. Steampunk's also not the right word. Some kind of technological I, I punk. think it's just straight punk. It's just punk. <laughs> it's just I mean, look punk. at his, look at Cloud's hair. Yeah, punk. look at that hair. He's got like a metal shoulder pad for some reason. Um What about dystopian
0: punk. technopunk?
1: There you go. Yeah. Technopunk.
2: Yeah. But not cyberpunk. That's a different Not cyberpunk. Yes. No
1: one's augmenting their arms. Well, I guess Barrett has a gun for an arm, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um whereas this one a lot of people say it's really games of Throny, games of throne ish <laughs> which is fine i guess i've never watched game of thrones so i have a vague idea what that means but it's all like ooh, political there's all these nations and they have histories and beef with each other and all this kind of stuff which is a thing and it's fun i really enjoyed that part of it um but also i've noticed a few reviews where they're like, oh, it just goes so off the rails, the story, you know, eventually. And they talk about, like well, someone called it very, it goes all, it goes Kingdom Hearts is what they said. Um, Ooh, nice. Which, I read that, I'm like, huh, is that a bad thing? And then I start playing it, and I'm like, you can, you can see the beginnings of this quote-unquote Kingdom Hearts stuff, you know, pretty early on. Like, there's all the political stuff, there's these Kingdoms. At war with each other for different reasons and whatnot, but then at the same time, there's something going on with Clive, and it's like, oh no, there's some kind of. I'm probably gonna fight a god at the end of this game. I bet, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that's what happens. I'm not there yet, but that's my prediction because that's a JRPG thing. You go kill a god at the end. Um, Got to kill a god. That's what it feels like we're going towards, and
2: I'm excited. I'm excited to kill a god. Um, Have you guys seen that meme? That was. I'm pretty sure it was a. Fox News, like title card, like something they put on the screen while a guy was talking. And it, I I was talking about like the liberal agenda or or whatever, something like that. But one of the, one of the bullet points on the slide is attack and dethrone God. (laughs) And so I've seen, I've seen people connect that to like Final Fantasy and JRPGs a lot. (laughs) Like you got to go attack and dethrone God.
1: That's funny, yeah. <clears throat> hey, if if this is where the story's going, I'm all for it. I think that word stuff's a lot of fun, so I like having this like more down to earth story of these kingdoms that war with each other, with this like super dramatic, <laughs> like otherworldly power thing going on in the background. Of whatever it is, I still don't know what it is, but I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, and I really like the. story so far. I like the characters. Um sometimes it feels like a lot of the side characters don't get much to do, which is kind of a bummer. I really like Jill, for example, as a big character and she's like always with Clive, but at the same time she doesn't get a lot of character development. At least not so far. She had a good she's had a couple of good moments, but a lot of times it's just like Clive's like, oh I have to go do this thing. And Jill's like, I'm right there with you and she's just there all the time. So I mean that's nice. (laughs) <laughs> but it just feels like she's along for the ride, kind of a thing. <clears throat> um, also, Poor Goal is a good boy. He's a great dog. He's just always there. He's a, he's there for you whenever you need him. Is he a
0: better boy than Cosmo, the dog that I've heard you say is a good boy the most in Marvel Snap?
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe.
0: Wow. wow! Shots fired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you get a, if you play one of the first big boss boss fights, that's when I was like, Torgel is such a good dog, and I love him. And if anything happens to him, I'll be so incredibly sad. And then there's just been some more things happen. I'm like, what is going on with this dog? Anyway, I don't want to spoil it in case anyone ever plays it, but it's just like. I thought he was just going to be around kind of a thing, you know? Like, hey, you got a dog. That's cute. But no, he's he's got some really good moments in the story so far. And it makes me happy. And also, whenever he does something just ridiculous, it just makes me laugh and smile. And he's just he's great. Um, but yeah. I still don't have a lot else to say. The music is really good, too. I put a couple of the songs that they have on Spotify in our chance time chat. They really get me hyped up. And I recently discovered that they actually have the lyrics that are in English, or I thought they were just chatting, chanting or whatever, or singing in like Latin or something, but no, it's actually in English. I can't really understand it until I was reading the <laughs> lyrics along with the song. I was like, Oh, these are real words, <laughs> but you don't need
2: to, you know, it's just, it's just epic. Anyway, so. is it, is it like originally in Japanese and they translated it and re-recorded it? <clears throat> actually,
1: I feel like I saw somewhere where they actually wrote, I don't know if they wrote it, but like, I mean, this is a very, I guess, English game. Like everyone's got English accents. Some of them sound kind of Irish or Scottish even, but like well, it's his very, Clive. his name is
2: Clive. I mean, name is Clive. Yeah.
1: The lady running around with you, his name is Jill. You know, yeah. there's a really cool guy. Uh, he scouts for you. His name is Gav. Like, <laughs> it's very Gav. Yeah, G A V. Like, is his full name Gavin? Probably. I'll have to check the active time lord, and the next time he's in a cutscene. <laughs> um, time. Yeah. It's very English. And I actually think I heard somewhere where they did all the scenes and stuff, like recorded everything in English and then dubbed it the Japanese. They went that way. I don't know if that's true. I feel like I read that somewhere, though, because they really wanted to do like a English-type setting or vibe. I don't know. I might have made that up. I feel like I read that somewhere, though. Yeah, I have those vibes. Yeah. But if you're interested, though, Ryan, if you want to try it, like the demo is good. And okay. once you get through like the initial part of the demo, I don't know if it's there from the get go. But once I finished the like first section of the demo, like the sets up the story. And I was really excited about that where it left off. And I was like, well, now I want to play the game and keep going with this because this is really exciting to me. Um, That's honestly
0: it, uh, what I'm afraid of right now. That's me fair. trying the demo and me wanting to I play it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. But another thing about the demo, once you finish that part of it, um, it adds a section where it just kind of throws you into a, a section of the game that's a little farther along and then puts a bunch of the big iconic abilities um, and gives those to you so you can play around with them and get a feel for how the combat will feel later in the game. And that's when I was pretty... Like, okay, I definitely want to play this game. After I just got to play around with those for a little bit. Um, But yeah, it's really good. I'm really enjoying it. The big fights with the big icons are a lot of fun, and it's fun to see, like, these monsters slash beings, I guess, that you summon in past Final Fantasy games have, like, more of a role. Because a lot of times in the past games, you're like, yeah, I'm going to summon Ifrit. And, like, who's Ifrit? I don't know. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's never explained. It's just, like, here's this big monster you can summon, and they'll come do a big attack for you, and then they just leave. Like, it's never made a lot of sense to me in the past games. But now they're, like, they have a spotlight. They're a big thing. They're essentially, like, like nations that have them are essentially hold, sitting on, like, nukes, you know? There's a big Funny. scene at the very beginning of the game where two of these icons, like, fight head-to-head. But it's just, they're so big... And their attacks are just so giant that it's it really is like it shows a bunch of the enemy like the soldiers on both sides just getting <laughs> just destroyed by the icons, whether they're on their side or not. You know, like they're just these huge things. Mm. So, it's like all the nations, like they have them, but they don't want to necessarily just throw them out there constantly because it could do more damage than good. That's that's well, kind of interesting. And then they're all their characters in their own right because. Um, the people that turn into these big icons are called dominance. And so they have like they're like an actual person. So, it's interesting. It's good. I really like it. So, like,
2: is it actually a commentary on nuclear weapons? Sounds like it is. Kind of. Move over that also, Oppenheimer. As, that also is a JRPG thing where it's like it's so goofy, and then it's like, this is about. Insert very real world issue. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh, right. Uh, yeah. No, the
1: Kojima,
2: is interesting Kojima
3: loves that. Things, so, yeah.
1: It's interesting. Oh. Yeah. It's good, though. I recommend it.
0: Very cool. It's on my list of games to play at some point in my life.
2: Yeah. It'll probably go super sale at some point.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, even Final Fantasy VII Remake
1: the hasn't l- dropped a lot. Yeah.
0: yeah I, I'm i obviously eyeing the PlayStation 5, like, intergrade version. So that's a little bit more expensive. But the most I've seen it go down to is like 40, which is still really good compared to yeah. the 70.
1: And that's including the DLC, I think. Exactly. Or no, yeah. Does it? Yeah. I don't know. I would double check that, to be honest.
0: The intergrade is the DLC, right?
1: I can't remember.
0: I think it is the I one I wish listed. So I think had everything, but I'll I will okay. double check. Um, but it hasn't gone down to like the twenty dollar sale quite yet. I don't really know how long it takes for the games to go that far down, but yeah. Uh. But that, that's the one where I'm like, well, it's $20. How do I say no to this? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far it hasn't gone down to something where I'm like, I need to buy this. And when it goes down to 20 I also don't need to buy it because I'm like, well, it'll go down to 20 eventually again. Anyways, that's besides the point. Thank you for your thoughts, Curtis, on Final Fantasy 16. Paul?
1: I've been sitting on them for so long. I'm so happy <laughs> to, be able to just right. throw yes. them out there.
2: <laughs> be free of Hello. these thoughts.
0: Uh, that was Charlotte, by the way.
2: Hi, <laughs> Charlotte. That. Yeah. What I guess. I Charlotte. Bye,
1: Charlotte. Bye, Charlotte. There's one last thing I'll add to this though. Cause I've, a lot of the big AAA games, you know, sometimes it feels like they rely a lot on like graphics and spectacle and stuff. But some of these boss fights in this game take this whole spectacle thing to just an insane degree that I'm like, this is crazy! I can't believe I'm watching what I'm seeing right now. So I'll just you have never seen there. a spectacle. There's just man, some of those fights are just like, oh my gosh, it's great. It's so cool.
0: Yeah, I do. I do appreciate that in a game.
1: Yeah, you throw that up on a giant TV, and it's just like, whoa!
0: <laughs> all right, Paul, what do you got for us?
2: Uh, pretty much the opposite of what you just had. Uh, I've been playing a little tiny game.
0: Boo.
3: That's
2: it's not really about spectacle at all. <laughs> um,
0: You're not a real gamer.
2: <laughs> I'll i log off. I'm sorry. We could delete. We could delete this episode too. Yeah,
0: now I'm gonna have to edit every time you laugh in every episode we've ever recorded.
2: <laughs> Re re-upload every single one. <laughs> um, anyway, several years ago, a game came out called Islanders. Um, that was like the most minimal city builder I had ever played. And I loved it. I played it a lot. I feel like Islanders walked so Dorf Romantique could run. Like I feel like it's very similar, but it didn't get nearly the attention that Dorf Romantique get gets and continues to get. Um but the same it's just two guys, the same team that made Islanders released into early access this week. A, a. So Islanders was a minimalist city builder. They released their new game, which is a minimalist RTS. And it's called Thronefall. And it has a very similar, like, low poly look as Islanders. But basically, you control the king character on the map. And. The map has like pre established build points. And it's kind of a blend of an RTS and a tower defense because it's during the day you spend your gold to decide what buildings you're going to build. And some buildings come with units. And the only way you can control units is by just like pressing a button that creates a circle around your guy. And if you run by units while that circle is open, then they will follow you. And then you can press the button to like have them stop following you to leave them in a position. And that's really all you can do to control your units. Otherwise, they kind of control themselves. So after you spend your gold during the day and set up your base, then you um, advance to the night, and then the bad guys come. And again, it's kind of this blend tower defense RTS where you're just trying to survive the night as the enemies come. And it does give you like a preview of where the enemies are going to come. And then if you survive the night, your buildings that survive, some of them provide income, and some of them provide more units. And it's just kind of repeat and and escalate until you um, pass enough nights to kind of beat the level. And right now, there's only four levels, but every level has a bunch of like, modify challengers that you can do after you beat it the first time uh, that make it harder. And you have you have, like, a different loadout for your guy, so you can have, like, different weapons that you take into battle that give you different abilities. And then you can have different, like, perks, like better defense towers or stronger base that also creates income. So, yeah, it's kind of like all the trappings of a real-time strategy game like StarCraft or Age of Empires or whatever, but super stripped down in the same way that Islanders was like a stripped-down city builder. And I think so far I like Islanders more.
0: Right, so uh, you said it was like a stripped-down version like Islanders was? Yeah. but
1: like Minimalist in terms of... Mechanics in.
0: Well, you you used Islanders as the reference, comparing it to Islanders. What you were talking about.
2: Oh no no, Thronefall is like islanders. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. I yeah
2: yeah. <laughs> no worries. Um. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, I think I like Islanders more so far, but I'm I'm not too far into Thronefall. Um. I have a hard time knowing, like, what, what I can do to be better at Thronefall. Like, because I'm getting to the point where I'm losing because I'm trying, like, the harder modifiers, and I have, I have no idea what I can do differently, you know? I guess I have to experiment more, I guess, and push. Because, like, there's some things that seem, like, logical. Like, you have to build the buildings that are going to give you more income so you have more income in the long run. But then I can't keep up with military power. And so I'm like, I, I'm not finding the balance. And I, I can't figure out how I could adjust it. like Because I need to adjust it pretty dramatically to win. I'm losing pretty hard. So I'm like, I'm not seeing the path here. Um, whereas, whereas Islanders, it was always pretty clear, like, OK, I, I could have done this differently to have gone farther um where but thronefall i'm not seeing like an immediate like oh i know what i did wrong you know it's just like wow i got destroyed and i have no idea what to do Mm. um but in terms of like the goal of having like a minimalist rts this has been tried a few times i feel like and i've always been intrigued by it but this one caught my eye the most um, I can't remember. I think Tooth and Tail is another one that tried a similar idea. Uh, and I did finally try that one, but it didn't click as well as Thronefall has. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I think there's a couple people who have tried the, like, it's a real-time strategy game, but you control a character to reduce the number of input to make it simpler. Uh, but this one's a pretty good one, and it's still early access, so I'm sure they'll add all kinds of things over time. And it just came out into Early Access this week, so I'm sure they'll add a lot to it over time. And it's like, even full price, it's like $7. So, Uh a lot going for it. One of those wrinkles you're talking about, too. Yeah, give you a little bit better feedback, I think, would help. So it's easier to understand, like... Because it seems like there is, like, a rock, paper, scissors, like, these kind of units beat these kind of units. And so if you can kind of memorize what beats what, then you can build it and command it better but right now the only thing i've seen is like some of them say they're strong against fast units and i'm like which ones are considered fast and then which ones are good against slow <laughs> you know <laughs> so there's a lot for me to and i'm sure it's like in there i just need to figure it out i haven't spent a ton of time like studying it because i've just tried to jump in again and again um but yeah definitely worth like seven bucks like there's a lot going on here And I I really like the aesthetic. Um, And uh, my oldest son really wanted to try it. And he had fun just like running the guy on his horse around the map and seeing what happened. He didn't really know what he was doing, but he was having fun. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, pretty good little game. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with it over time because so I think they will add a lot to it. It's a pretty solid foundation to add a, a ton of stuff, I feel like. So I bet it will be pretty big before it actually leaves Early Access.
0: Yeah, very cool. Wow, so yeah, Thronefall. I'm looking at it on the Steam page, and I see Curtis already added it to his wish list.
1: There you go. Um, Real time. A lot of stuff added to my wish list because I look at friend activity.
0: Did you? Did you add it a day or two ago? Yeah, you added it a day or two ago. Okay, I was wondering if you added it right now.
1: Oh no! I did find another game that these developers made that I'm interested in. I just added that to my wish list. No. (laughs) Very cool. There's All a right. lot of fun, interesting little games on Steam these oh, yeah. days, I feel like. I don't That's know if the there's best. like if I'm just suddenly getting more into those or I'm just or there's actually more coming out of
2: the coming out these days, but I think there has been a lot for a long time, but I also think there's more now than ever. All right? <laughs> That's true.
1: Yeah. That's definitely true. Or it's just I don't know if it's <clears throat> somehow easier to find them these days. I don't know.
2: Yeah, that might be true, too. There's a lot of cool ones. The algorithms might be getting better. Yeah.
0: All right, well. I'm going to go next. I'm going to do one of my favorite things to do. Post something in our chance time Discord that no (laughs) one will have context for until they listen to this episode. I'm just going to post this here.
2: Got to have the tease.
0: Yeah. For you guys to see so i recently purchased something that i had been looking into for a bit now as a a guy who likes nintendo i found out that there was this group of women who refer to themselves as akira Himikawa okay and they have made what some people consider an acclaimed series which is a legend of zelda manga oh okay and i bought this box set that has a bunch of them and essentially they have a manga for a bunch of the games and so they have like a two-part book for ocarina of time But they also have a Four Swords one, a Majora's Mask one, a Phantom Hourglass, Oracle of Ages. They've got a bunch of them. And I was like, people say these are really good. I kind of want to check them out. And so I got the box set. It was pretty cheap. It was like $45 for 10 books. And they also have a Twilight Princess one that goes on for 11 books. That maybe oh, yeah. I'll, I'll get, but that that one is one that people say is really good. But I read the first Ocarina of Time book so far. Um, and I recently came into possession of a bunch of other reading material, so I have to uh, kind of meet out my reading time. But the first book was a very interesting experience. It basically retells the story of Ocarina of Time, but obviously they have to give Link more of a personality. <laughs> and so, and I, I think they do a pretty good job of that actually, where you focus a lot of the first book on young Link and he's kind of just like a happy-go-lucky like kid who's like, People give him these challenges and he meets Princess Zelda and she's like, you got to find these stones and then use the Ocarina of Time to open up the thing before Ganondorf does. And then he like finds himself in different scenarios where he goes to Goron City and he's like, they're like, hey, we got this problem. He's like, if you give me the the Stone of Fire, I will I will get rid of this problem for you. And they're like, all right good luck and then he does it and then as we know in Zelda Ocarina of Time he does all this stuff and then becomes adult Link and all of a sudden the book takes like a way more darker and depressing tone (laughs) (laughs) and they really take some liberties with the story and like each chapter of the book is him getting basically a new like item. And so like in the chapter where he goes to Jabu Jabu's belly, he gets the stone of water and the boomerang. And like, they kind of like integrate the items into each chapter and kind of separate it out to kind of like tell the story of the game, but also kind of incorporate like, him getting stronger him getting more stuff but i gotta talk about this one chapter that i i truly could not believe so eventually he becomes adult link and he has to find the sages in order to seal ganondorf away and the first one goes about how the game goes about it where he goes to the forest temple and he realizes that Soraya is the the sage, and they go. But they do some flashbacks of like him in the forest, no, like as her, his friend, and kind of like tie it together with a bully they set up in the first chapter. And it's like all all well and good, but they like they tie it into the boss of the forest temple, the Phantom Ganon, and like it's basically the forest temple, but with the liberties you you'd expect them to take when they, the next part they do the fire sage the uh the king of the gorons and it has nothing to do with the fire temple or anything like that but instead they say hey we're gonna do a flashback of something that we didn't show you before but it but it happened within this time frame of young link finding a dragon in hyrule castle town and realizing that the dragon is trapped so he pays all his rupees to free this dragon and him and the dragon like bond and become best friends and it's kind of like this sweet story and in the fire temple link has to fight a dragon And Link realizes, this is the same dragon that I bonded with.
3: I'm kidding. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And he's like, he looks at this dragon and he's like, I will not fight this creature. And he was like, he just like takes this stance. He's like, I cannot do it. And he like, he looks and he, he looks at the dragon and says... It's me, Link, like, don't you remember? And one of the things with the dragon is they establish this rule where dragons can say limited, like, phrases that they learn. And so the dragon is constantly, like, repeating the word Link because they, like, become friends and, like, and he's like, it's me, Link. Like, don't you recognize me? And it's the... like,
2: it's like, I am Groot kind of thing, like, Link. Is all he can say?
0: Yeah, except I don't think it has any meaning other than like he like recognizes Link. Like it doesn't. It's not like I am Groot in the sense that like he's saying different things.
2: Says language,
0: yeah. But I think he recognizes Link and has this bond, so he knows the word Link. Hmm. And the dragon charges at him, and Link realizes I cannot like I need the fire to save the fire sage. Like I can't, like I have to do this. I kid you not. Once the dragon charges at him, link immediately jumps up and decapitates the dragon. And they show like the head flying off and the head goes back and then the spell is lifted. And then the dragon's head in its last breath looks at link and says the word link. And a single tear comes down the dragon's eye.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> and Link immediately looks super like angry and says, like, I will destroy Ganondorf. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, like I was not expecting that to happen, but it was like so insane to like read that as like an ocarina of time adaptation. And so uh, oh yeah i it was just like the whole time i was like what is going on like how why did they (laughs) put this part in there but i'm i'm very excited to read more and kind of see how they like adapt the rest of the stuff
2: so how is this legal i
3: was just saying (laughs) it's
0: it's officially licensed by nintendo oh
3: okay
0: So it's not, like, canon or anything like that, but, like, Nintendo... Like, like all the books have the, like, Nintendo seal on them. And there's actually a bunch of, like, Nintendo-sanctioned mangas out there. Like, there's a Splatoon one. I think there's a Metroid one, right? Yeah, the Metroid one. But that one doesn't have an English translation, but that is one that if it did get one... I've always been interested in reading that one. So if you give me one second, I'm just gonna grab this and I'm gonna read it out loud for us. Yeah, I'll read it out loud. I was gonna turn on my camera for a second and show you the the box set. Oh my books. Yeah, you'll just see that, like, this is Oracle of Seasons. But they're pretty cool. I don't know. But, yeah, I sent one of my favorite other things in there in the chat. I don't know if you guys looked at it yet. Where Navi feels all this evil energy, and then Link says, rest a while inside my hat.
1: i like that yeah (laughs) that's cool just chilling here
0: but yeah it is uh that was like the darkest part but like other than that like it's really cool to see how they like have adapted like each kind of item as its own chapter and like
3: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, they really give good personalities to all the characters. There is a weird, like, running thing where every girl Link meets, the girl has a crush on him.
2: Uh, That's just manga convention. That's true. (laughs) You got to blend the genres.
0: That's true. Um, But he clearly has a crush on Zelda over the other girls, so he's oblivious to everything else, yeah. But yeah, once it feels I, like
1: you should be oblivious to that kind of thing. For some reason, that seems right. Yes, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's common in the games. That if they like write, if they have a flirty NPC, Link just kind of sits there, stone faced as he always does.
1: Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's what it is. Um.
0: But yeah, once I'm done, if you guys want to borrow it. You're more than welcome to.
2: I feel like our Discord would have a lot to discuss about this. That's true. We're talking a lot about the Zelda lore, so
0: yeah. yeah. I am if, if any of the listeners have read this or have looked into this, let me know. Because I though I I actually didn't know about these but what i did know about was the twilight princess 1 and i didn't realize that they were the uh the same people and yeah in like it it says it's by akira himikawa when you like open it up it says akira himikawa is the collaboration of two women a honda and s nagano
2: oh e honda wrote this
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a honda
2: oh a honda grandmother to e honda Uh, yes
0: (laughs) but yeah i'm always kind of like fascinated by the stuff and it like this is the sort of book that like transports me back to the 90s where like
2: yeah that makes sense
0: i was like i don't know it reminds me of these like choose your own adventure mario books we had (laughs) and like sounds awesome i loved mario And so having that book, like, it didn't matter how good the book was. I was just like, I just want to read about Mario. But I think these are pretty good so far. The first book I read, at least. All right. I feel like I've
1: heard a lot about the Twilight Princess one, so I'm excited to see what you think of those.
0: Yeah. I got to finish these ones first, so it might be a while. But I'm also not a huge manga reader. And so this is only the second manga I've ever read, but it's not that I have anything against it. I just don't naturally yeah. like gravitate towards it, but Zelda can get me into anything. So that was kind of the, the force behind it. And there was a good sale on it. So I was like, I'll check it Is out.
1: this panel from like when they're running through Hyrule castle town as adult link.
0: Uh, yes, I believe so. Right at oh, right when he becomes adult Link,
1: yeah. I got to that part so many times when I was a little kid and stopped playing like every time. <laughs> the rededs were the worst,
0: yeah. Classic, awful. All right, Curtis, what do you got?
1: Um, <clears throat> another game I've been playing is Dave the Diver. You it's at? A, one of the recent indie games that I guess hit it big. I don't know a lot of people really into it and stuff. I feel like it's it's pretty big, um, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> it's it's good. It's really good. I feel like I'm a little colder on it than most people. Hot oh, takes, but not that I feel like it's bad or anything. It's just it's not. I don't know. I've gotten to a point now where, because um, the whole thing everyone talks about the gameplay loop and how good the gameplay loop is. So the idea is you are Dave. He is a diver, and he goes and dives, as a diver does. Um, <clears throat> and he's diving in this area. Was it called the Blue Hole? Something. I forget. I think it's just. I think the blue it is hole. the
0: Blue Hole. Yeah, I think i forgot um,
1: that. But it's essentially a, a rogue like section where the blue hole is procedurally generated for the most part there's certain sections that are um pretty set in stone i guess um they're always there right yeah so it's maybe it's not procedurally generated sometimes it doesn't feel like it is so i don't know how true that is i'm pretty sure i read that it is procedurally generated but um yeah, so you go and dive, and you catch fish. You have a, There's a different a few different ways to do that. Um, you've got a harpoon gun, so you can harpoon them and then pull them in. You can get an actual gun and shoot them. Um, but then if you do that, you won't get as much meat from the fish and that kind of stuff. And that's important, because the second part of the gameplay loop is essentially just running a sushi bar. So all the fish you catch, um, you send over to your sushi bar, And you got a buddy there who's the chef and um, he'll cook the food. Then you help like serve it. You set the menu. You can hire people to help with the sushi bar and everything. Um, Soon you get different like drinks to serve and all this kind of stuff. Um, The sushi bar is honestly pretty interesting and I really enjoy it a lot. Um, The issue that I'm starting to run into is that The story, there is a little story. You have a lot of different characters coming in and asking Dave to do different things, which is kind of funny to me. I feel like people kind of really take advantage of Dave in this game (laughs) because he'll just be like, I'm going to go dive and catch some fish, and then some random person just drives up on their boat and be like, hey, I hear you're diving in this place. I need you to get me these things, please. Like, do it now. And Dave's like, well, why should I? He's like, well, yeah, I need you to do it. And then Dave will just be like, all right, I guess I'll do it. (laughs) I'm just like poor Dave. (laughs) Yeah, you
2: convinced me. You pulled my leg. All right,
1: I know. It's like he just—it takes a little for him to be like, "All right, I'll do it for you," I guess. And sometimes he's like, "I, why should I do that?" Like, there's no good reason for me to do this thing for you. And like, he gets put in like in serious danger where he could just easily die because someone wants like something that's really not that important, you know? Like this guy loses a. He loses a shipment of a... uh, It's like a replica statue thing of like an an anime character. And it gets pulled in deeper into the water by a giant squid. And he's like, you gotta go get it for me, man. Dave's like, "Uh, did you see the giant squid that I just grabbed? Like, it's gone. He's like, no, you have to get it for me. And so Dave goes and fights a giant squid to get this guy's little statue. I'm like, oh my gosh. Dave. Anyway, Dave's a really good person. He's too good for it. his own good, Dave. He's too good for this world. Um, my
0: yeah. my question for you, Curtis, is: Were you a a Stardew Valley man at one point?
1: Um, I tried it, and it stressed me out because of the time mm. limit on the days. So, um,
0: is there any sort of like? Farming type sim That you have gravitated towards I know Dave the Diver is a little different than that But like What was that no. one where you like Are a shopkeeper And you like hunt for stuff
1: Oh I always wanted to play that one I never did Moon Yes. Yeah Moonlighter. that's what it's called That one always looked interesting to me This kind of has the same idea Where you're, you're yeah. just going fishing And then you use what you find to run your sushi bar mm. um, So that's a lot of fun and for the most part, it's got this whole story thing where characters are coming in and asking you to do things, and um, it seems like it's kind of opening up. But I also can't tell. There's different things that random that feel like they kind of randomly happen. And I don't know if all these like threads or whatever are going to intertwine at some point into a big story. I can't tell. Um, I feel like it could, but, yeah. So there's a lot going on, but... <clears throat> Sometimes it kind of feels like the story gets in the way of the loop for me a little bit. Um, I'm at this point where I've been asked to do this thing and I have to go catch a few seahorses for these people. But when I go do it, Dave was like, oh, I need a tool. I can't just grab it with my bare hands. So I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. It probably doesn't want me to, like, harm the seahorse, you know, like shooting it or something's obviously not a good idea here. So I got, like, a net gun. I'm like, oh, I'll catch it alive and then deliver it. But I couldn't do that. It didn't work and I'm a little confused, and I'm like, I feel like I'm hung up on this one thing, whereas part of me just wants to go and find some new fish to put in my sushi bar, Mm. you know? (laughs) So I feel like, I don't know. It almost feels like it's a little... Every once in a while, the story asks me to do something, and I'm like, I just don't really want to, honestly. I want to do this other cool thing that you had going already. So...
0: (laughs) Yeah, that is kind of a bummer.
1: But, I mean, it's only happened once or twice, and normally it's over really quick and you move on like it throws a lot of things at the wall and if something doesn't stick, it's not a big deal because that little idea they had like it does nothing overstays its welcome really except like this one thing I really I should just look up what to do and get it over with but yeah it really like nothing really nothing overstays its welcome because I mean it just adds stuff so much. Like, there's boss fights. Um, soon people will ask you to take pictures of cool animals in the ocean and stuff. Um, I just recently opened, I found this guy randomly. He wanted his, some kind of food at the sushi bar, so I gave it to him. Um, those are the fun ones where you have some person come in and ask for a specific dish, and then you gotta go find the ingredients for the dish. Um, that's fun. And then this guy opened essentially a fish farm. So, if I don't catch fish in my dives, it's okay because I have this fish farm. I can go get fish there. So, that's kind of fun. Um, yeah, it just keeps adding stuff. And even like doing a simple task is suddenly a mini game. If someone wants green tea, it's like a. It reminds me of like a Warrior wearing macro mini game where it's like pour it just right, like pour it perfectly to the line. And you just like pull down the right stick. And then you got to let go at the right time so it doesn't overflow or it's. <laughs> But you gotta get it as close a line as possible. Like that that's just a thing you do in the sushi bar. Someone wants green tea and you gotta pour it and it's suddenly a little tiny mini game you gotta play. And then suddenly you're back grabbing sushi dishes for people. Like it's it's kind of fun when they do that kind of stuff. Um
0: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: So it's got a lot of cool, it. interesting ideas, but I don't know. I hasn't it hasn't super hooked me. Yeah. Sometimes and sometimes, every once in a while, I feel like I wish this this particular thing was just a little more polished. Sometimes fishing feels kind of weird to me, like catching certain fish. I don't know. I've noticed when you get different harpoon tips, um, like normally when you harpoon something and it's a bigger fish or whatever, you got to like sit there and tap A really fast and you get the meter to go up and then it'll catch it. Um, but then if you switch the harpoon tips, the what you have to do to catch the fish might change, so suddenly you're like hitting like going back and forth on the joystick or like doing it in circles. But like it never tells you ahead of time. <laughs> so it feels really <laughs> random sometimes. I don't know. Maybe I just need to learn what each tip does, but that seems like a lot of work. But I don't know. it's a really interesting game, and it has a really, like a huge variety of ideas and it's really pretty impressive how many times those ideas work really well so it is a really interesting game and i think it's worth trying out for yeah. whatever reason maybe i need to play a little bit more but for whatever reason i'm not as hot on it as other people seem to be but, i mean it's got like really good reviews and stuff I think it's supposed to come to Switch sometime in the future as well. Early next year, maybe.
0: Ah, that's cool.
1: Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, like when I watch some of the trailers and stuff, I feel like I haven't really seen hardly anything, which is interesting because I played it for like 11 hours.
0: Yeah. do, I, do Is this a um, game that interests you at all, Paul?
2: uh it's kind of game that's like yeah that interests me i don't know when it'll fit in yeah
0: i i totally understand (laughs) that it it's it's in the same way too that like stardew valley hit at the right time i put a lot of time into it and now knowing that dave the diver like i know it's not exactly like stardew valley but like just knowing that it's a game that wants me to put a lot of time into it. That's the hard part to commit to.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, but that, with this like dedicated story. Like what is the average play time? Cause like that's got to run out at some point. Right. Yeah. I was just going to check. Cause I thought it, I didn't think it was
1: going to be that long of a game. And as we were talking about it, I have just like the trailer playing in the background and there's just so much going on in this trailer that I haven't seen at all yet. And I'm like, am I might just like barely starting. <laughs> it doesn't feel like I am, but maybe I just need to keep playing. I don't know. Let's see that's how loud. long to beat Dave the Diver. Oh, okay, so it says about 22 and a half hours focusing on main objectives. That's not bad. So that's I'm about halfway then. Maybe that makes sense.
0: very cool alright Paul Bills what else do you got for us
2: Uh, so this past weekend I participated in a cultural activity known as Evo
0: whoa um, you were in it
2: you guys ever I was not in it but maybe I should have been there was the like 11,000 people in it oh wow Uh, Yeah, so Evo is the largest video game No, well, it might be It's one of the largest video game tournaments in the world but it's definitely the largest fighting game tournament in the world It's in Vegas every year Uh, This year to give you an idea of how big it is the mayor of Las Vegas appeared at the event Gave the founders of the event a key to the city of Las Vegas. Wow. And and declared August 6th Evo Day.
0: <laughs> so now does it have to be August 6th every time? Uh, I, I don't
2: know. I don't know <laughs> what the rules are when it's declared a day. Um, but yeah, like that's how big of a deal it is. Um, yeah, 11,000 contestants so not just spectators but like people actually showing up and entering one of these tournaments I think there were six games this year Uh, not um, not Smash Bros Smash Bros was not Smash Bros has been in this event in the past but for whatever reason I guess maybe Nintendo no likey uh, um, Smash Bros was not part of the event this year (laughs) is that just because nintendo doesn't allow it or what yeah i i don't know
0: um i believe paul mentioned nintendo no likey
2: yeah that's (laughs) i like i'm so confused about smash bros like competitive because like sometimes i see headlines that are like nintendo's into this now and then nothing happens like i don't get it um no
0: one will ever understand nintendo
2: Yeah. Especially when it comes to competitive gaming. Like, they're super, super weird about it.
0: Did you guys see the recent patent they put out for the loading screen for Tears of the Kingdom?
2: I didn't read the whole patent, but. Oh, it's for the loading screen? I thought it was for like the abilities.
0: No, there's, well, I think there's a few, but there's one patent for the loading screen where it shows your location on the map. And then it moves it to the new location on the map. Okey you know. doke. <laughs> mm. So you know,
2: you know, Nintendo—they're—they're doing—they're doing, they're doing uh, what yeah. they feel they got to do.
0: Honestly, not as bad as when the nemesis system was patented.
1: It's not uh, as yeah. bad, you don't think
0: yeah, because I feel like the Nemesis system would have been way cooler in so many other games, yeah, but I mean, I feel like it's a good like quality of life thing, but it's not gonna kill me if I don't see my map location move in the loading screen. Right. When most games don't even need loading screens anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. solid state drive. um uh, anyway. Uh, Evo, so I watched the top six of the Street Fighter finals, and I am proud to say I have learned enough about Street Fighter that I could like pretty genuinely appreciate what was going on on screen. So that was exciting. I was like, okay, this was one of my goals. like I want to learn enough that I like get what's happening. And I do feel like I have achieved that goal. Um, But that being said, it's truly wild that this game has been out for like, I don't know, a month? (laughs) And these guys are playing at just such an insane level. Man. Um, And I guess like, you know, it's Street Fighter. They didn't change too much so like it you know they're not starting from scratch you know they're they're um they're drawing from street fighter 5 pretty obviously but these guys are playing at insane level and it's insane the crowd behind them there was i don't know it was at mandalay bay in vegas and it must have been at least 5,000, you know, maybe 10,000. I have a hard time, like, gauging uh, crowd sizes, you know, but just thousands of people just screaming and two dudes sitting in front of, like, a 27-inch monitor playing Street Fighter, you know? That's, like, all they're watching. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what was really weird to me is it seemed like the commentators, like everything they were saying was heard over the whole crowd, like not just on the stream, like the crowd was listening to them too. And it seemed like they were very tired after a very, very long day of just constant commentating. And so they kept mentioning things like, I'm gonna go get something to eat after this. Or like, (laughs) they they don't pay us by the hour, but I'm excited to watch more Street Fighter, and I was like, "Is this like fun for the people there to just like hear these guys chatting <laughs> throughout the whole thing?" Uh, I thought that was interesting. Like, I don't. It's interesting, like what you have to do around esports that's different than regular sports, because like it would be weird if it was just silent and you couldn't hear any commentary. But having those dudes just, like, chat about how they're real tired or they're going to go eat food is kind of like, I don't know. Like, if I were running the event, I would be kind of like, hey, guys, why don't you talk about, like, the game? <laughs> anyway, so still lots, lots of interesting things going on with yeah, I eSports. Feel,
0: I feel it's like, like video game stuff in general is like a Wild West still
2: yeah like like some stuff is so professional and some stuff is like holy cow guys (laughs)
0: yeah it reminds me of that game awards where joel McHale hosted it do you remember that
2: yeah yes i do remember that
0: you could just you could just tell he did not care at all right about any of it
2: and he just take he kept taking cheap shots like just at gamers in general and it's like (laughs) read the room a little bit joel (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is really interesting to me but anyway so but like then on the other hand like this has been going on for you know literally 20 i don't even know how long like there was a player in this tournament that has been doing this tournament for 20 years wow like yeah and that was nuts to me and and so like he's getting uh a medal given to him by, like, the tournament organizer, and it's like, and they're commenting, like, this dude has put medals around this guy's neck for 20 years. <laughs> Which is just wild. <sighs>
3: um.
2: So, yeah, like, some things are so mature and so, like, impressive, and then some things are so, like, yeah, this is still in its infancy, you know? <laughs> yeah. This isn't this isn't really the same as regular sports <laughs> uh, and they had all these info like they you know tons of stats tons of interesting things about like the players and where they're from and you know lots of professional things that way and then not professional things in other ways like one really funny thing in the grand finals so like super intense thousands of people screaming like this is it everything has led to this and then a dude's controller disconnected from the PlayStation. (laughs) And it was like, yeah, just like, you know, the thing popped up just like it does on your screen. And it's like, wireless controller disconnected. And so they both just like stop. They don't pause the game. They just kind of look at it. And then the two players kind of look at each other and he like reconnects his controller. And then they kind of just give each other a thumbs up and then they're back at it. And like, (laughs) that was it. There was no, there was no like judge intervention it was just them like yeah we're good (laughs) and i was like you know if there was some sort of similar tech issue at a like a nfl event it would like pause the whole thing for like an hour you know (laughs) like there'd be so many people like
0: i could think of is like the field goal post falling over (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> like i guess it would yeah there would still just be like a lot of people just would be so shocked by that but at a video game tournament there's like uh we're gonna keep playing right <laughs> and then uh street fighter 6 has this really cool animation when you start a match where like you're the two characters kind of like are walking into the arena together and they're like um They're, like, waving at the crowd and stuff, and it's pretty cool. And most of the time in these tournaments, they skip that, but they were instructed that they should let it play, like, for the grand finals to help, like, hype it up. And both dudes just kept skipping it every single time, (laughs) just out of habit. And they just kept, like, laughing at it and then would just play. (laughs) Like, no one stopped them or said anything. So there's so many things that it's still just, like, This is just two dudes playing a video game. Yeah. (laughs) No matter how many thousands of people and thousands of dollars are behind it. So, yeah, I was really glad I got to watch it. And, like, super, super cool to see, like, the highest level of play, but also just such an interesting thing to watch to see how these things are developing year over year. So yeah, that was that, that was Evo. Uh, also, there were tons of announcements at this Evo. Like they're starting to treat it like fighting game E3. Like there were tons of trailers for like Tekken and Street Fighter expansions and Are you going to buy 60
0: dollars worth of Ninja Turtle outfits? I am
2: I'm not going to buy any of the Ninja <laughs> Turtle outfits, which Are you makes me make sad. Ninja Turtle outfit I've seen screenshots
1: no. of like uh, the guy people just, just like green with the yellow circle yeah, on his chest. <laughs>
2: that's funny. He's making his own. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I I looked at the Ninja Turtle outfits like immediately when they were available, and I was like shocked. Yeah, and now I'm seeing lot. all the articles about like how crazy they are and how expensive they are. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I worked out the math, too, and I was like, oh, nope, never buys," <laughs> because I was all for it, and I was like, oh, this is $16 to get one of these, <laughs> but I guess that's, you know, Fortnite does that sometimes, too, so whatever, <laughs> people, everyone thinks they can do it now. Yeah, uh, Marvel Snap. Some, yeah, some people will buy it. I won't, in this case. (laughs) There you go. Cool.
0: Very exciting. Um, So, I just want the listeners to know.
3: uh,
0: I've noticed spikes on my microphone going up when I have cracked my knuckles. So, sorry if that (laughs) (laughs) triggers anybody. Also... We used to have this problem. I don't know if we've had it recently, but I did see it spike when I was drinking water. So if you hear any gulp (laughs) noises, I apologize for that too.
2: (laughs) Wow. The listeners are getting a whole different experience. I know.
0: But I remember listening to some where I could hear me gulping water. And so maybe that just never went away and people have gotten used to it. Uh, But I guess I'll go next with my... Final uh yeah, one thing. So Charlotte, my wife, and I were sitting on the couch and I was perusing Wait. the PlayStation store.
2: Is that two or three people? Uh yes, thank Charlotte, you. Charlotte, my wife and
0: I. <laughs> uh no, Charlotte is my wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh and I do love her. So deal with that, <laughs> you prudes. <laughs> Beautiful, um, but yeah, I was perusing through the PlayStation for our PlayStation Five sale that they had going on, and I think it's still going on actually. Um, I was just clicking through things and I saw Unravel Two, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that I remember people saying that was like a good like." multiplayer game so i just without saying anything i just put on the trailer and i was watching and i was like yeah this looks fun and charlotte looks at it and she's like oh that looks really fun you should buy it and so like i, <laughs> I go out of the thing Uh-oh. and i was like well it's only five dollars and she's like yeah you should get it and so i just PlayStation makes it really easy if you've got your card on file to
2: just oh, yeah. hit that
0: purchase button and
2: real smooth. I
0: spent $5 on it installed it and pretty immediately we tried it out and it is really fun and it looks really good and it's I mean, it's your standard multiplayer pl- puzzle platformer, uh, but I don't know. The presentation is top notch on this game, where you're basically you start in like a foresty area, and that that's a, that's a big draw for Charlotte. Um, and forest. Yes, forest.
2: Forest, big draw. Okay.
0: Yes, I don't think she'll play the forest, but like, kind of <laughs> like, like Fae vibes, and like mossy forest vibes. Yeah, yeah. That she she does like that, and so shout,
2: shout out in the Discord your recommendations for Fae vibes. Yes,
0: we would love that
2: forest vibes.
0: Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I mean and you're these like little yarn guys there's not too there there is a story but we haven't like essentially we're following this little light and that's basically the main story is like <laughs> you're like confused you meet each other and then you see this little light and you just continue to follow it and but we also got to a lighthouse and went through a portal And then we ended up in, like, kind of like a hospital type of area. And now we're seeing, like, ghostly apparitions of people from the past. And, like, we've seen these two children become friends and kind of run away together. And so there's, like, that sort of storytelling going on, which... It's intriguing and, and very cool. And then most of the mechanics... Uh, are around, like, using your yarn to, like, build bridges, to kind of, like, help each other climb up things. And there's been a few sections where, like, we just gotta, we, we, like, are stumped for a little bit, but then eventually we figure it out. Or, like, there's a, a particularly, like, more challenging platforming area but every time we've played it so far charlotte's been like this is so like pretty and like this music is so good and so like it just is like a very quality like presentation of a game and so it's still five bucks on the playstation store until august 16th i think so if you're looking for like a good multiplayer game to play someone with someone, Unravel 2 is a good one.
2: Good to know. The first one is not co-op at all, right?
0: It is not, no. No.
2: So don't be deceived. Don't try to go start with the first one. If you want to play with somebody.
0: Yeah. If you want to play with someone, unravel. The first one looked really good too, though, in a similar way of like the presentation and all that, right? But I don't know. The co op so was character's a character's
2: name, isn't so the character's name Yarny or something like that? <laughs> that,
0: that sounds familiar, actually. That's not remember, explicitly said in the game so far,
2: but I remember like the trailers, they were like Yarny's back, when the trailers for the second one were coming up. <laughs>
0: Beautiful name. Also, just as a shout out, uh, Curtis sent me "Curse of the Golden Idol." Got a shout yeah, out.
2: Yeah, it's happening,
0: uh, Curtis. And so a good word. I I did mention that to Charlotte as well. I was like, Curtis has talked this game up, and he says that Jade likes it a lot. And not only does Jade like it, but his entire family. <laughs> 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 and so and i was like it's like a mystery like detective type game and she was like i'm in so at some point we'll try that but we'll probably finish unraveled two first
2: that's fair you should play them simultaneously i mean have it have it on the computer and then have the other game on the TV and try to play them both at the same time.
0: Challenge accepted.
2: If, and then stream it.
1: <laughs> if okay. it helps you, like, get excited to play Case of the Golden Idol, it is not long. It's like, you can get it in, like, you know, six hours.
0: Yeah and actually I looked up unravel 2 on how long to beat and similar time.
1: Wow, that's so nice.
0: Yeah. And so <clears throat> I think that's a uh, That's always nice. And so yeah. the $5 price point feels really good for for that. That magic
2: um, dollar an hour thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I am excited to and I also want to say that Curtis didn't just uh, buy me that game willy-nilly. There was a reason. I have aged.
2: We <laughs> did another revolution around the sun. And yeah. that deserves a case of the Golden Idol.
0: Exactly. So I don't want everyone to be like, well, why didn't Curtis send it to me? <laughs> <laughs>
2: you can only preach the good word so hard, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just give you it know. to everybody. I don't
1: want to be too pushy about it, yeah. well, <laughs> I mean, if you it wasn't forced on them.
0: If it wasn't my birthday, maybe maybe Curtis thought I could uh, get some high conversion rates if I liked it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was I I also considered getting you a mechanical keyboard for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which I would have laughed. And who knows, maybe I would have uh, been converted to that as, as I, well.
1: I really did. That was not a joke. I really was like, I should get him a keyboard for his birthday because it'd be funny. <laughs> but also, it'd be sweet. But then I didn't know, you know, like, what size of keyboard? What kind of switches? And I was like, no, no. I mean. This is a, a personal choice that he has to make.
0: I have of plaque. I disagree with that, though. I, because I think just having one might change my mind. Because I've been using this $12 keyboard for so long. I can't that. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, next Whenever the I have
1: to type on one of those things, I'm like, oh, this is, I just can't do it. <laughs> I make so many typos. I, don't, I hate it so much.
0: Well, with that, Curtis, what else do you got for us? Okay, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, this, this will be a quick one. But okay. this is a little game. You can also
0: do as many as you want in this last
1: one. Okay. Well, this one's definitely short, and I want to shout it out, though. It's called Train. That's spelled T-R-E-N. I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter at all. I did not. Isn't
2: that, like, Inside Dreams or something? Yeah. It's a totally different game.
1: I think they... Yeah, so it's in Dreams. Um, It was made by the developers of Dreams, I think. And it also coincided with Dreams being added to PlayStation Plus. I think the middle tier, the game catalog, I think. Yes. Um, Yeah, so this is a Media Molecule. Media Molecule is the developer. It's a Media Molecule original. And it's... you guys remember the train sets where you just had, like, the wooden tracks? Uh-huh. they straight pieces, and they're curved pieces, and they bridge pieces... It's essentially that. That's that's the game. <laughs> and you play as the train on these right. tracks. And oh, you right are trigger, the train. You are the train. Okay. And right triggers go forward, and left triggers go backward. There's a little boost. And you hold down x. And if you boost too long, you have to wait till your boost comes back. It's like you overheat, essentially. Um there's a few other things If there's like the little switch you just hold left if you want to go left and the little switch thing will go to the left track, that kind of stuff. There's a few like uh, platforms that'll move up and down, like a pulley type thing so you can get to it and then you hold down, then it'll go down and stuff. That's essentially, I mean, but it's, you feel like a little kid just playing with just those little train tracks. That's all the game really is. Um but they also do silly things where like here this one's got a loop so you got to boost through the loop and then you can go off a jump and then you can do a backflip off the jump um and you just you get high scores based on how fast you go through the level um there's things you can do to bring down your time some of them have cargo so you can get hooked up with cargo behind your train but the cargo on the cargo cars Anyway, the little brick things just are kind of sitting on top. So if you take a turn too fast, your cargo could fall off or that yeah. kind of stuff. If you take a jump too fast, it'll, you know, kind of go up a little bit and that kind of stuff. Um, Some of the levels, um, if you do a flip, actually, I think on all the levels, but really there's um, not all the levels have a jump so you can do flips. But I think flips will bring down your time as well. Uh, so there's stuff like that to get higher scores. That's essentially it. It's a really simple little game. Um, Annika, my oldest, she's six. She played it and really liked it. Um, it's funny to watch her play it because she didn't quite get her head wrapped around the idea that your boost can like overheat. So she would just boost, feel like a loop, or whatever, and then just keep holding it and then it would overheat. And then she'd stop like at the next jump before she goes over it and let it cool down. And then she would boost off the jump and then overheat again. And she, she, she would just like do one thing at a time. It was kind of funny to watch. <laughs> um but yeah, she really liked it. I really liked it. It's just a fun little game. It's a good time. I'm assuming there's some way to build your own tracks cuz just that would be fun. And it's in dreams. That seems like a thing that should happen. So, I don't know.
2: Yeah, that seems fair. I would assume but... It's, yeah. it's it a looks lot of fun. Cool,
0: though. Yeah, I-, I just looked it up and. So it's on PlayStation Plus, but the only other way to play it is through Dreams? Well,
1: you have to play it through Dreams, but no Dreams is what. on PlayStation Plus. I see. Yeah.
0: Luckily, I own Dreams.
1: So Yeah, it's fun. It, it really is like, it's just so childlike. Like, it just, it's just makes you happy. It makes me happy. I used to love those <laughs> trains. I don't know. Just building the trains and then... The tracks and driving your train through it and stuff. It was like I don't know. That's like hey, those aren't are in the past in the for me. Those are very much present day for me.
2: I do those with my kids all the time.
1: Yeah. I want to buy a bunch of those for my kids and that hasn't happened yet, but that was two separate Christmases in my house. We double dipped on that. Kids <laughs> love the trains. We've got some that are like the plastic ones. A VTech I think is the brand. So those are yeah. fine. But for some reason, still these wooden ones. For some reason. Oh yeah.
2: I like the, the vibe stuff. way better. Yeah.
0: Have you have you guys bought hot wheels for your kids? Like oh, the, yeah. the tracks, not just the cars. Not
2: the tracks. Oh, uh, not the tracks.
0: Okay. I I'm always right. disappointed that they got rid of those like spinning wheel things.
1: Oh, and just launches your car.
0: Yeah, and you could like and... loop it around so many times.
1: Hey, those are gone? That's not a thing anymore.
0: I'm 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 not in the loop, but every time I've seen a Hot Wheels track, I notice that it's like you have to put your car at the beginning of the track and you like launch them, but they don't have like the continuous tracks anymore. But I I could be way off base. This one does. Okay, did you find Atlista it
1: says it says motorized booster.
0: Okay, so maybe they do still have
1: them. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're just wheels. Okay, good. This is like a figure eight type track. So you can your cars might crash. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah, I going to buy that.
0: Those were the things For I the always kid. like daydreamed about as an older kid. I was like, I wish I had so many Hot Wheels tracks I could like put it around the entire right. house.
2: <laughs> oh, there's some very impressive YouTube videos realizing that dream. Oh
3: yeah. yeah.
0: That's cool. I I aspire to that.
2: I feel like that is YouTube for a lot of dudes. It's like, this is always what I wanted to do as a kid, yeah. but I shouldn't
3: justify <laughs> it.
2: But now, capitalism justifies it. <laughs> YouTube has given me a reason to be <laughs> crazy.
0: Uh, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to derail it. To wooden trains, <laughs> derail <view>. it. <laughs> oh, one. The puns. I also said I was out of the loop for.
1: Oh wheels. man, that's the a good one too. But I Puns I, on puns
2: on puns.
0: It wasn't not intentional. I want everyone to know that.
2: <laughs> I'm just that good, even when I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> uh, did you have uh, more things to one? Curtis.
1: Um, more things to one. <laughs> more things to one. Just real quick, there's um, going off the idea of like all these little games that are seem to be cropping up a lot more. For whatever reason, I'm finding more of them. I don't know if you've noticed, ever since Vampire Survivors took off, there's a lot of... Are they Survivor-likes? Survivors-likes?
2: That is what I've seen used most often, Survivor-like.
1: Yeah, you know, we got to get a better name for so many genres (laughs) and video (laughs) games metroidvania souls like souls born roguelike roguelite come on anyway (laughs) um yeah i've noticed the classic days
0: where they were called things like racing and platforming
1: and adventure and action adventure (laughs) action and action.
0: (laughs) and rpg
1: and JRPG, don't forget those.
0: I think we've covered every game.
1: That's it. That's all the games. That's all um, the but yeah. So these survivors likes just <laughs> stupid name. Um, I've I've tried a couple of them. The latest one I've tried is called The Halls of Torment. Because um, I just think it's so interesting. Vampire Survivor seems like such a simple concept that I'm like, what other spins are people gonna put on it? You know. Um. And the couple I've tried don't quite live up to it. There's some things I like better. Halls of Torment is like, I like the look of it a lot better. It looks like Diablo 2 or something. Like those old school ones. Um we oh. did Diablo. Um, and some of the enemies are a lot more interesting. Where like Vampire Survivors is essentially just a bunch walking towards you. You know? <laughs> like that's essentially it. There's a little variation on that, obviously, but that's what it always felt like to me. Whereas this one will have, like, the boss monsters will come up, and they'll be, like, wind up an attack, and it'll show what areas are going to be affected by the attack, so you got to move out of the way and stuff, so you kind of have to play around that yeah. while you're fighting yeah. all the monsters and stuff. I'm like, that's fun. I really like that, you know? Um,
3: it's
1: but it's becoming clear to me that a vital part of these games is how the builds work and how leveling up works and the progression, the progression specifically. Whereas in this Halls of Torment game, every time I leveled up, I was like, great, I am attacking 8% faster. And like, you know, the the upgrades felt so incremental, like nothing felt game-changing at all whereas vampire survivors once you know like especially with the build pass where like you get this item with this item and they combine and do this ridiculous thing you know
2: yeah
1: or even if you just get more weapons so now like now i got a whip and i'm throwing axes and i'm throwing holy water and i've got this bird that flies around and bombards areas and i've got you know like you've got like all these things happening at the same time and like it's you progress and slowly but surely and like honestly kind of quickly in Vampire Survivors, you suddenly are just like clearing the screen and it's just super satisfying. Whereas Halls of Torment, I just felt like I was it took so long to get anywhere in terms of upgrades. And then I just kind of died. And I'm like, yeah, it just wasn't as satisfying, you know?
0: <laughs> I feel like so, I had the yeah. same problem with roguelikes.
1: Yeah a lot of like, them have that,
0: yeah. there was a few good ones that really hit for me, and then I was chasing that high, yeah, and tried so many different roguelikes, and I was like, <laughs> they're just not hitting as much,
1: yeah, yeah, binding of Isaac was one like that, where it was like every once in a while you'd get a run that was just so ludicrous. like <laughs> your items all synergize, and you were just filling the screen with. Isaac's Tears and just taking everything out so fast, you know? Okay. And then other runs, you'd be like, oh, I kind of died pretty fast, but that's okay. You just try again. And The okay. items in that one made that game, I think. Um, whereas, I agree, some other roguelikes I've tried, and I'm like, it's just not quite the same. The progression isn't the same. and Which is yeah. a, a bad thing, necessarily. Enter the Gungeon was an interesting one, where it had really interesting guns. Um, which is good, yeah. Considering the name of that game, and <laughs> it was a lot more, I guess, skill based.
0: Yeah, it was a lot harder for sure.
1: I also had a few runs. I got, I finished one run where it was just like the end boss. I had like this gravity, like I shot a black hole essentially, and it would suck bullets in too. <laughs> so it would just said the boss had the final boss has this attack where it just fills your screen, and there's this tiny few spots where you can avoid the bullets. And every time that happened, I would just shoot a black hole and everything would get sucked up. I was like, great. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to worry about it. You know, that didn't happen too often, though. Whereas I remember Binding of Isaac that happened fairly frequently and it was always satisfying when it did, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that's interesting. And it makes me kind of want to try more of them. But I also don't want to buy a bunch of them either. But also, they're always like, I don't know. I think this one was $4 or something they're never expensive It's interesting though to see that happen it's like we have this birth of a genre happening right before our eyes
0: yeah i hope they they get some more good ones out there
1: yeah yeah i think you could do some interesting ideas with it yeah. Vampire empire survivors is so locked in on that whole progression system and it does it so well that it's so fun even though all you're really doing is just kind of walking around, like you don't even have an attack button. And I always think that's interesting how they managed to pull that off.
0: It's the best, though.
1: But you throw some other mechanics into that kind of formula and stuff, I think you could have something special. But I don't know. Wait till someone cracks it, I guess.
0: Good luck, game developers. Yeah. All right, Paul. Or do you have more, Curtis?
1: Um, not really.
0: All right, Paul. Do you have anything? You mentioned you might only have
2: two. Uh, I just wanted to shout out, I've talked a lot in the Discord. Uh, last weekend was Gen Con, which is one of the largest board and tabletop conventions. And so there's a lot of tabletop news in the last week or so. A uh, couple things I just want to shout out. Uh, I already talked about Larkana last time we talked, because there was a bunch of stuff about Larkana that came out, but I, see. Um, I guess the only thing they revealed at Gen Con about Larkana is the um, basically the secret rare of Larkana. It's called Enchanted, and it's like an alternate art. Uh, borderless cards, and they do look awesome. Um, but the most exciting Gen Con news to me was Direwolf, which is a really interesting company that both develops board games and makes digital adaptations of board games. So they develop original games, and they make digital adaptations of their own and other people's games. This is a really interesting, like, hybrid model to me. Um, they announced a bunch of stuff, like more than should be possible for one company to make at one time. But um, they announced digital versions of Dune Imperium, which Dune Imperium is one of like the board games that everyone's been talking about for the last couple of years, and. Uh, they announced a digital version of Arc Nova, which is another one that That's I really wanted to try. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the animal theming, uh, something I'm super interested in. But just never thought my group or any of the groups I play with, or even myself, quite honestly, would want to <laughs> dig into that much complication. For that, you know, for the payoff that that was offering, so super excited. Um, And then the other ones they announced. To stop
0: you right there, Paul. Yeah. You know that I would want to dig
2: into the complication. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I know. That's why I added myself. Because honestly, (laughs) (laughs) like it would be fun under the right circumstances, but
0: it is hard to organize. Yeah. Stuff like that.
2: To get that all together is getting harder and harder these days. Um, but yeah, so sorry. Uh, and then also Cascadia, which is a pretty simple game, uh, but I, I'm sure they'll make it very, very cool. Um, also, like animal and nature themed. So, a lot you can do with the digital version of that. And there's one more. Oh, and Clank. Uh, one of the which, greats. Is that yeah, the, one of the, great... the
1: building one?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that. that's one that that they developed That's their game. Oh, um, I don't know that. So now, yeah, so now they're making a digital version of it. And so is uh, Dune Imperium. They made that too.
0: Uh, well, shout out to them because they sent me a free dragon piece when I lost mine.
2: Yeah, a lot of board game companies do that now. Well, shout out you, to board game companies. Like, like a piece. Yeah, yeah. I've never actually done that. That's cool to hear that people yeah. actually keep that problem.
0: For a long time, when it was lost, I would use the Ridley Amiibo.
2: <laughs> actually amazing.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. I eventually got the Dragon Piece back, because it fits better in the box.
2: Yeah. But you were just playing it. Deluxe Edition. <laughs> the Ridley. That's what happened. Uh, but yeah, lots of exciting news there. Um, I have no idea when any of these things will come out, but I'm interested in pretty much all of those. And then it made me remember that I haven't played Root Digital Edition in a long time. And I was way into that for a while. And I'm like, should I go re download that and try it again? But yeah, board game news is exciting too. It's cool. And we're only a week away from Lorcana. We'll see if I know. any of us actually get anything. It
0: seems less and less likely, but I, I'll put an effort. Will it be the best effort? <laughs> yeah. maybe not. No, I don't know if I have. I time mean, to that. we'll
2: we'll get it eventually. Like yeah. it seems like they're gonna flood the world with this thing, so it's only a matter of time. But it'll be interesting to see when that time comes. <laughs> Which time? Not to extend this episode too
0: long, but. I was looking at an article about it and it was flooded with very controversial comments. Oh, um, and it seemed like a lot of people were like, no one can beat magic. The gathering, like there seemed to be like a, like Lorcana is not threatening magic. The gathering, but magic, the gathering players want people to know that Lorkana, st- Lorcana stands no chance. And then there was, like, another side of the comments where people were just, like, why are people, like, so upset about this? Like, I'm so excited to try a Disney card game with my kids. And, like... Right. Like, it seemed to be, like, maybe there's a small group of people who are just, like, no one threatens Magic the Gathering.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't think it's even trying to compete with Magic the Gathering. I see it as, like, if Magic is Xbox and... Pokemon is PlayStation, even though Pokemon's Nintendo. lorikana is like the Nintendo in this scenario. It's trying to be like an alternative that looks the same but is different enough that it has a totally different audience.
0: Yeah, like Pokemon cards.
2: Yeah, (laughs) like I guess Pokemon. (laughs) And it definitely won't compete against Pokemon card game. Like Pokemon card game's so so well established. Um, for both collectors and players, that yeah, they're trying to to entice people who have left those games behind. They're not really trying to convert.
0: Yeah, which I was under the est- understanding of as well. Yeah. And so it was just yeah. interesting to people see. People like to, like to argue comments. about stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and
2: then there's Star Wars Unlimited, which they also had their first playable demo of. Star Wars Unlimited, which is the new Star Wars trading card game, which I think is the fourth attempt at a Star Wars trading card game, <laughs> maybe fifth, fourth. Wow. I didn't realize that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might be fifth actually. There was the original Star Wars Collectible Card Game, then there was I think it was called Young Jedi, which was like based off the prequels. Uh and then there was Uh, uh, dark something that was trying to be split the difference between those two and then there was Star Wars Destinies which was the one that had dice and now this one
0: man they'll get it right eventually hopefully yeah Um... yeah
2: if if you're interested in Star Wars Unlimited there were like actual playable demos. So there's a bunch of people who've given like impressions of how it actually plays. So there's a lot of info on that one now too.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I I think Lorcana is the one I'm most interested in, but if it turns out it's good, I will be intrigued by the Star Wars one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Lorcana I'm more interested in as well, but and Unlimited doesn't come out till next year, oh, so yeah. plenty of time for them too entice me
0: um i did want to say that i did receive my copy of Ball wild cards
2: oh have you cracked that open
0: i've opened it and charlotte and i were going to play and then it just got too late and we were like let's just watch tv
2: how <laughs> like how does that play is it like Recruiting a team like actual baseball,
0: so that is not in the rules, but it seems to incentivize that. Uh, okay, um, and essentially it comes with two team decks, but they do uh, say in the rule book that like a team consists of this and this, and from the uh, the game found, which is a Kickstarter website for board games. But yeah. by supporting it, I got like an extra booster pack that just has yeah. a bunch of random like team cards that yeah. are not associated with the two teams that you get. And so it seems like you can just kind of like randomize the teams and get different results from that. Um, or you could and are they gonna
2: like sell more booster
0: packs? I don't know. They they have yeah. an extra one you can buy, but it's just alternate art. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm very excited to try it out and play it. But
3: yeah, let I me mean, know how it goes
0: for sure. This is this is a topic for uh after the episode, but I feel like all three of us we got to get a consistent board game night going mostly because oh, yeah. you both are the people who I know with the most board games.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wish I played them more.
0: Exactly. That's exactly why I'm saying this.
1: So does everyone who owns board games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's You have to get them out and like set them up.
0: Now that's never the problem for me. It's oh, the finding people to play. At
1: the times oh, well, I yeah, can play. Yeah, too. yeah, that's also a problem.
2: I did because of all the board game news and board game excitement, I busted out Marvel Champions again for the first time in a while. Still great.
0: Yeah. I I did enjoy it the time I played with you and have put it on my Amazon wish list for like two birthdays and one Christmas. <laughs> and no one has bought no one has bought it for me, so oh.
2: Wow. Should find better family okay.
0: <laughs> for you. Well, they they bought me other things, so I guess uh, I can't okay. complain. That were also on my wish list.
2: Oh, that's the problem. That's true. Didn't go all in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this Christmas I will only put Marvel champions <laughs> on my wish
2: list. That's about mm-hmm. still okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah family's like we can't support this
0: <laughs> but then again i'm like not like i haven't gone gone out and bought it mostly because i need people to play it with yeah and so far you are the only person i've played it with and you have it so
2: <laughs> and i have i have lots of it <laughs> too much of it
0: well anyways this feels like we've ended the episode and we've just kept talking about whatever. <laughs> so I guess the, the we should, people want, maybe, I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe, yeah, <laughs> this is, this is literally what it sounds like. Once we end the episode we just talk just about talking stuff up. like this. Yeah. All the
2: same stuff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes this episode of chance time. This did end up going over two hours, so it was not a short episode. Um, never are (laughs) but yeah uh, if you have any questions email us at podcast at gmail.com or uh, join our discord the link is in the episode description Um, and yeah feel free to just chat there the the conversation has been all over the place. The most recent thing in the main chat is Curtis uh, talking some Final Fantasy 16. Uh, we we had some some ice cream opinions go up recently that I enjoyed reading. <laughs> what what people like soggy, what people like uh, crunchy. So uh,
2: both of which don't sound right for ice cream, but do make <laughs> sense in the context of the actual conversation. <laughs>
0: yeah i think it was uh the crunchy part was more talking about cereal yeah which was also discussed so yeah join us there um but yeah other than that have a happy chance time day
1: thank you for coming have a to happy see James. chance time day
0: bye, to catch for a second? <laughs> bye. <laughs>